It is the day that the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice in it. I'll just start by giving a brief, a brief testimony. It's a, it's a, it's a healing testimony of a miracle that took place this this past week or few days standing here before you and um, talking to you is indeed a miracle on its own I've just of the Lord the Lord is um, healed, healed me of um, uh, COVID-19 condition and um, I truly thank God for this uh, miracle um, I am what I am by the grace of God so all glory to God for what he has done for me uh, my family and um, of course special thanks to the doctors um, I was privileged enough to be attended to by a family doctor and uh, a brother who's also a specialist and um, um, of course, my homeopath at home, you know, she was doing her, her, her bit, you know, with all those, um, um, you know, uh, the steaming and all the things they put together and they, you have to um, have a mini sauna of some sort. But uh, yeah, all things work together for our own good. I'm truly grateful to God for what He has done. And I so much believe that if He can do it for me, He can do it for you as well. You know, one thing that I truly enjoyed during the last two weeks of having a break is spending quality time in the presence of the Lord I spend time studying the Word of God I spend time meditating on the Word of God I listened to as many messages about healing and taking authority and being able to lay hold of the truth of the Word of God and use this opportunity to to reconnect to improve to get to understand god better so there was a time of fellowship which i truly enjoyed you know take some time and um, you know have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with the father you know regarding our plans regarding our vision for the ministry for the work he's given us the things that he wants us to do the plans for the year after all he says that he knows the plans that he has for us you know the plans of good and not of evil the plans to give us hope an expected end so I really took some time to um, pray and also realign the plans and uh, the vision the the, the strategies uh, to be able to achieve the vision God has given us. The one thing I did not do though is to pray 
any prayers. There was no time for that. No, that is why it's always important to take time to pray always by your own self. Not only wait for the time when there's a, when there's now a crisis. Uh, I'll also be drinking some water. Um, the doctor said so. So, and and with that, there were not uh, as many people that are even um, told, uh, even after testing positive. Now, I think there was just probably two outside of the family. You know, no one of them is um, Sander because he's uh, also my colleague. So I have to give some of my responsibilities in the office to her. Um, and, and, and I also spoke to um, Sister Esther. Um, um, of course, because she, she happened to call and be asking and uh, no, I explained to her, and and the one thing I did say specifically was, you know, I, I don't want you to pray penny prayers, because I know that you have been praying. I want you to pray when the Spirit of God said that you should pray. I want you to pray because the Lord said you should pray. There's no need to. Um, pray emergency prayers um, and, and, or anything of that sort and um, I, I do believe that um, you know the prayers you pray um, ahead of time those are the prayers that are the most effective and learn to do so for yourself so it is um, um, the yeah, brief testimony that I thought I'd share with yourselves. I'm truly grateful that um, I am here to share my story with you. So, let me talk to you uh, this morning. The title says, No Room for Fear. You know, I start by looking for a definition of fear. Um, from you know, from the dictionary. Perhaps you'll pardon me if my voice doesn't sound what it is, um, because you know um, it's still one of those things that are that are affected. But um, because you're listening from your device, you know if it sounds a bit distorted, you can use your filter there or. Put your amp and connect a speaker and raise your volume it to be much higher than it is. So I'm not gonna shout or scream or anything of that sort. I'll just talk to you, and I'm believing that the word that is coming to you by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, will reveal to you um, the what He really wants you to to hear. So there's no room for fear when you're in Christ. The definition for fear, it says that fear is an emotion. That is what it is. An emotion. My own, my own definition, my own interpretation that I give to fear is that Fear is just a thought or a personal torment. It's a thought that you conceive in your mind 
and you start to focus your mind on that particular area long enough that it begins to torment you not because anything has happened yet and chances are that nothing will happen that is good enough to make you to fear to be afraid so the definition in the dictionary says fear is an emotion induced by the perception or recognition of a phenomenon which can pose which can not not necessarily that it 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 will or you know um you know it's not something guaranteed that it will happen so says the an emotion induced by the perception or recognition of a phenomenon which can pose a danger or a threat what are the causes of fear let me just give you just a few pages the background what things that normally uh, make people to find themselves living in fear <laughs> the very first one at the top if you listen to the definition is the unknown the fear of the unknown 90% of the time the things that you're afraid of in life will never happen you can write that down and if you cancelled it if you deal with it today 90% of, of your problems are addressed already that is the very first one the unknown the fear of the unknown that is what what is tormenting people that is what is killing people that is what is causing people so many problems even today a fear of death failure insecurity maybe a diagnosis of a condition you know a disease sickness of some sort then before you even know what it is you didn't even have an idea of what it is in the first place but now that you're told you start living in fear that is just to mention but just a few and after that i had to draw your attention some disadvantages of fear number one at the top fear destroys your faith number two fear is the biggest enemy of your progress the reason you have not made as much progress is because of fear because when you have so much fear you will not make decisions that you that you need to make at a time when you have to make those decisions and if you happen to do because of fear you may end up making the wrong decisions and when you do so there is no way that you will achieve the results that you want to achieve and consequently there's not going to be progress in your life number three it can cause you to sin there are three major things that causes people to sin one of them is fear greed ignorance those are the three main reasons for people to see number four to make you cause you to make mistakes that are not necessary personal mistakes financial wrong financial decisions you know spiritually and otherwise you end up not making the right decisions why because of fear 
That was number four. Number five, it causes you not to walk in love. And as a result, unable to trust in God's unfailing love. You find yourself doubting even God's love. And when that happens, you will not be able to get to a point where even when you're in such a situation, you believe God to help you out of that crisis. Number six, it destroys your personal confidence and your self-esteem. Your personal confidence and your self-esteem goes out the window because of fear. Men can be very intelligent, very knowledgeable, very good at what they do. But because there's so much fear, they end up, they find themselves struggling even with things that are, you know, not necessarily because they're difficult. Number eight, it can develop a wrong character in you. And to a point, where could lead other it leads people to do you're going to see people looting and stealing and and doing all manner of things is that of fear at the core and, and never mind whatever reasons that are given the man is so afraid that i may not have food to eat um i may not I may not get to um, um, achieve what I intend to achieve and, and instead of praying to God for a solution, they now have so much fear and resort to stealing. What the Bible say? Let him who stole steal, steal no more, but rather let him labor with his own hands the thing which is good so that he may be able to have in order to be able to can give to the one who has a need you need not have to steal to eat you know, I, don't, I, don't want, I don't want to assume uh, you know things but until now there, there may be as many of those who, who found themselves in that situation who call themselves Christians believe in God who 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 have received their salvation who who are praying every day but because of fear they you know suddenly forgot about everything else that they've had and resorted to you know, acts of criminality and things like those. That is how dangerous fear is. Number 10, number 9, fear can lead to un unhappiness. You know, person who has fear is a very unhappy person. They can find themselves just being unhappy for whatever reasons. But the main, at the, at the core of it is, is the fear itself. That is making the person to be so unhappy. They're unhappy with themselves. They're unhappy with their family, the church they go to, everybody else. They are even unhappy with God. That is what it does. And lastly, it steals your joy. You will never be in peace.
it 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 just you know um steals away that that moment of joy and and happiness and peace and as a result there is no peace so ultimately you don't find yourself at peace you 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 will never be in peace for as long as you are living in fear you never be at peace and until you deal with that one um, uh, problem or you know an issue uh, which is very you know um, on its own something which is very it can be very detrimental to your health your spiritual life your, your progress family everything everything nothing will go right things will just not um, you know um, go the way that you may be planning them to you can pray you can do whatever you want to do and all nothing may seem to to go right so how to overcome fear for a start you must be ready to take a step of faith to go where you don't want to go you must prepare yourself be ready get ready to take that step of faith to go where you you do you do not want to go don't just look for you know the low hanging fruits and the easiest way out of situations and and meantime you forgetting or just neglecting these parts Second Timothy chapter number one verse seven the Bible says for God has not given us a spirit of fear now on the definition you know the just the simple dictionary translation or definition start by saying it's in emotion now the Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear of fear is the spirit call it an evil spirit because it doesn't come from God he says God has not given us a spirit of fear if if God has not given it to you who gave it to you the devil so why why do you want to let go of something that God has given you and embrace something from the devil because that is what you are simply doing when you're living in fear it's a spirit that comes from the devil it's not from god he didn't give that he, he didn't give it to us so where does it come from why is it tormenting you why are you allowing the devil to torment you so much god has not given us 
a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. If you know what to do with that power and you are able to demonstrate this love and use that sound mind that you have your life is made there is no room for fear so I'll give you some points that hopefully by the end of it this day be the last day that you you live in fear or you ever you've ever experienced such it be gone for good I want to encourage to encourage you to allow this transformation to take place right here right now and it be the beginning of a of a new life so that it may be well with you you have prayed enough you have begged enough You've cried enough. You're working so hard. You've done so much. And yet you still live in fear. Yet there doesn't seem to be any progress. Why? Because of fear. So, there is going to be a real transformation that will take place in that area of your life. And I'll share with you some points. Number one, allow His perfect love to drive out every fear. From your heart. And these are now the things that you must do yourself that will help you to eradicate fear for good from your life. Number one, allow His perfect love to drive out fear, to drive out every fear from your heart. First John chapter number 4 verse number 18 reads as follows There is no fear in love but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment but he who fears has not been made perfect in love So Avoid being anxious. Instead, trust the Lord to help you come to a place where there is no fear in your heart. Knowing that His love drives out every fear from our hearts. You need to make a conscious decision today that you walk in this truth. 24-7 there is no fear in love that first part alone must say a lot to you I don't understand anyone who is in a relationship or who is married 
and he is living in fear of that very person that he is married to either way whichever whichever the case might be so if that be that be your testimony then you need to cast out that fear the bible says perfect love casts out fear so it cannot be that you in a relationship but you're living in fear every day then uh, that's not the right that's not the right relationship for you that's not the kind of relationship you want you have you have a responsibility to make the right decision do the right thing and uh, um, if it means that ending it you must end it now because no point you living in fear every day because you want to be in a relationship and, and that's what sometimes is where the difficulties that's where you know giving you some of the disadvantages you know um of fears sometimes we you know it, it makes you causes you to make mistakes you know it's very true that somebody got into a relationship because of fear now you can understand why that person is unhappy for the rest of her life because the very motive itself is wrong i was afraid so being afraid you get into a relationship that will make you to be living in fear every single day of your life and that's all wrong so you 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 you've got to be very sincere and be very honest with yourself number two your symptoms sickness are very real but understand that the power of god is even more real your symptoms you're told by the doctor of one thing or the other the symptoms are there they are real the reports the diagnosis are there they are very real we read them numbers they don't lie that's what i always say but understand that the power of god is even more real so to this fear can overwhelm and even paralyze you it can cause you to become angry with life with yourself with everybody with god and that is a, what the enemy wants you to to do become even so frustrated and even end up uh, not trusting god the enemy wants you to focus on everything that could possibly go wrong instead you must focus on god's promises and not the symptoms or the challenges that you are facing focus on god's promises for your life what he is saying concerning you than those circumstances the challenges that may be happening remind yourself of the scriptures you know said in first peter 2 24 who himself bear our own sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin shall live unto righteousness he says by his stripes we are healed that's what you need to remind yourself and that is what you must believe 
that by his stripes you were healed. And continue confessing that to yourself until that healing takes place. And before you know, you are healed. You are perfect and complete, lacking nothing. A miracle has happened. But the more you focus on the symptoms and what everybody else is saying and what others' experiences are, chances are that you end up being more afraid. And that will cost you your health. It may even cost you your life. There is no room for fear, especially when you're in crisis. Think about the time when something has gone wrong in an airplane that is nose diving. You, you don't need the pilot who's going to be screaming with the rest of the passengers. Or he is now left all the controls and then just buried his head and now pilots pilots are trained not to fear if that plane is going to dive into the water right into the last minute and the last second he is he is fighting it is fighting to get that plane up in the air and keep it keep it steady if anything there will even be one of the chief engineers who's reading the manual and instructing them what to do which buttons to press anything that they have to do to go through the entire training process that they've received what they've been trained to do. At the time when there is such a crisis, the plane is going down. But these men are as calm. They, they are focused on resolving the problem and, and avoiding a point where the plane suddenly smashes to the ground. The good pilot. Now this training that you're receiving in the word of God. What is it doing? What has it done for you? When you're trained, a good soldier goes out to war. He dies in honor, facing the enemy, fighting. I die screaming in the trenches and lying there and calling, oh my my names your uncles and whoever else you're, you're now thinking of your your wife and children it doesn't time to think about your wife children it's time to fight for them you stand your ground it's fire that is coming your way you are you 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 you, you, you meet fire with fire you're ready to fight to the end. If you, if you die, die fighting. Not crying. Or feeling self-pity. Anything of that sort. And that is what will help you. Even in your Christian life. Number three, don't allow the enemy to gain a higher ground. You must know that he is disarmed already. And therefore, you don't need to fear him. Oh, fear a man that you told already is, is disarmed. See, as long as all you can see is your pain and suffering, you're playing into the enemy's hands. The Bible says that he has been disarmed 
and made it a public spectacle. So why torment yourself? If we read in Colossians chapter number 2, verse number 15, the Bible says, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. He made, not only that he, dis, he disarmed them, he made a public spectacle of them and triumphing over them in it. So, if you know that, then there's no need to torment yourself what the enemy has, what the enemy can do, and, and um, you know, uh, anything of that sort. Because he's already he's disarmed. He's no, he's no threat to you. <laughs> you don't be like that uh, man who's running away with the, with an R5 rifle, you know, from a, a child who's carrying a, that uh, toy gun or even a water gun. But suddenly the man is, is now the one who's running away carrying that, that semi-automatic rifle because of fear. Number four, know that you must know what to say and do whenever you're confronted with a situation, especially so a life-threatening situation. This is your life. That we're talking. This is your life. It's, it's a matter of life and death. And you don't know what to say. Nothing may change. Because truth is, as a man thinketh, so is he. That's why I say you must guard your heart with diligence because out of it are the issues of life. So what, what will make a difference is what you will say when you're confronted with a situation yourself. So, the devil's strategy is always to distract you from seeing things that are eternal, like the angels that God has already assigned to watch over you and keep you in all your ways. According to Psalm 91.11, devil doesn't want you to see things that are eternal. He wants you to focus on things i mean we, we we look not at the things which are seen because those are temporal but at the things that are unseen because those are eternal he wants you to see the temporal things the symptoms are just temporal they'll disappear anyway disappear don't even sometimes not even having have to take any medication those things that you see are temporal don't need to focus them. They're there already anyway. You're seeing them. So what's the point? Focus on the things which are unseen. Those are eternal. And it's a wise thing to do. So, if you happen to find yourself, you know, in that situation, scriptures you can remind yourself of. You know, one of which is in Isaiah 53, verses 4, 5. When the prophet Isaiah looked and saw the Messiah at the cross, and he said, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions, was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him. Says by his stripes we are here long before the Messiah came. Long before the Messiah came. And you just remind yourself and think about this and what did this man saw? What what a revelation? How, how so? So that is where 
that is why it becomes very important for you to study the scriptures that will help you to receive healing that will strengthen you that will empower you that will equip you enough to be able to now find yourself as strong and make such confessions that will help you deal with that immediate immediate um, threat or situation number five equip yourself with the knowledge of the truth of the gospel understand that the devil always try to deceive and distract you from the truth and try to get you to focus on the temporal and visible things around you in Isaiah chapter 4 verse 6 the bible says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge not because they are not praying enough not because they don't have faith not because they haven't been in christ long enough not because they are not um you know um uh, getting the right medical attention is my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge and then he says because you you have rejected knowledge i also will reject you from being priests for me you know, you know we like sometimes just reading that first part i don't even know what else is saying and that's why sometimes you need to take your own time and study the you know you know somebody who's hearing this 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 rest of this this uh, part of the, it's the same scripture it's Hosea 4 number 6 but we read the, the one line and we stop there but in in the end there he says because you have rejected knowledge I also will reject you from being priest for me then it goes on he says because you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. No, you, you forgot. You conveniently, when now there is Christ, you conveniently forget the law of your God. This is not, it's only, it's not nobody else's fault. You choose to forget or ignore it. It's here because you have forgotten the law, the law of your God. I also forget your children. I'm saying it. God said it. Number six. Know. You must know. That the ability of the enemy to hurt you. Is nothing. Compared to God's power. To save you. At the time when Elisha was surrounded by great army. With chariots and horses. And these servants was panicking, came to him and said, what shall we do? He says, we are done. It's the end of us. The enemy is all over us. And what did Elisha say? You go to 2 Kings chapter 6 and read verses 16 to 17. Elisha, the Bible says, so he answered, talking about Elisha. He said, do not fear. Do not fear. <laughs> that should tell you that fear is a choice. You, you can choose to fear. Not because there is any real or valid reason for you to fear. Because you so chooses to. You choose not to be you choose to feel how, how about you choose not to feel no one of the biggest weapons that your enemy has or your opponent is when he sees fear in your eyes now then he sees yeah yeah I, this is just a walk over here I'm, I'm, I'm done. 
and he feels so empowered that he, he now can you know walk all over you and do whatever he, as he pleases because now you, you look so terrified you you look like you're defeated even before you walk into a ring and and that's not what will help you Elisha said do not fear so I'm saying this to you whatever situation you may be faced with do not fear for those who are with us are more than those who are with them and Elisha prayed and said Lord I pray open his eyes that he may see then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha you see it may feel like you are surrounded by a formidable army of an enemy or diseases or sicknesses or negative thoughts or evil spirits or deaths don't fear because those who are with you are more than those who are with them greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world after all he says all of you are children of the most high god he said he are gods Ye are gods. We won't just call you gods for nothing. There must be a reason for it. The question is, do you know? Do you know what that means to you? What have you done with it? Number seven, you must have conviction that anything that has a name bows to the name of Jesus Christ. If a disease has a name, it bows. It bows to this name that is above every other name. That is what he says to us. He's given the name that is above every other name. And the mention of his name, every knee shall bow. Of the things in heaven on earth even beneath the earth so as long as it has a name it bounds to this name there is no no other name that is bigger than the name of Jesus Christ fear diseases and demons included Ephesians 1 verses 19 to 21 reads as follows and his incomparably great power for us who believe incomparably great power for us who believe it's not for everybody if others are telling you what they they are telling you that their story but what is your story what do you say of what yes 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 said concerning you he says and is incomparably great power for us who believe that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, 
and every name that is invoked. Not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. Number eight, you must never judge his love based on your circumstances. Instead, keep your gaze on him by focusing on the cross. First John chapter number 4 verses 9 to 10 reads as follows. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. The cross is everlasting proof of God's love for you. The cross is the true measure of how much he loves you. The devil can attack your circumstances, but he can never attack the cross. So, keep your gaze on him. Take your eyes away from the circumstances and put them firmly on the cross. That's where God's love for you was demonstrated once and for all. So I encourage you to keep listening to messages that will keep you in the conscious the consciousness of his love it is not enough to know just the verses about his love and not experiencing it instead you must make time to meditate on them until you experience that love yourself number nine understand that it is god's will for you to prosper and be in hell. God doesn't punish anyone with any sickness. Every sickness is from the devil. Third John 1 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in hell, even as your soul is prospering. That is my prayer for you that you may prosper in all things and be in hell, even as your soul is prospering. It presupposes that spiritually you are already prospering, but there's no prosperity spiritually and you're suffering in your life. You're struggling every day. That's not what prosperity is. So, you need to be mindful of such. There's no such thing as spiritual prosperity. So it is his perfect will. Understand that it is perfect will for you to live in her 24-7. Number 10. You must pray consistently and continuously so. Under every circumstances. It is true. I'll tell you one thing. God hears prayers. He hears and answers prayers. But except the panic and emergency prayers. And I think the real reason for that is that you're not really praying. You know, honestly so. Is out of desperation. So, so in the first place, you're not, you're not honest in your prayer. You're playing God. So that is why it is important to give yourself time to pray and pray now. There are many kinds of prayers that you can pray.
I spoke to you last week about a prayer of faith. The Bible says that's a prayer that will heal the sick. A prayer of faith shall heal the sick. After you pray a prayer of faith, you don't need healing miracles or miracle services, miracles, what, what. There's nothing like that. A prayer of faith that you can pray sitting in your own room is good enough to heal you. Let me told to go and pay some money to attend some miracle uh, or healing uh, uh, healing service and or anything like that. No, a prayer of faith is good enough for you. But if you don't know, my people perish because of lack of knowledge. You end up falling for everything. So I'm just saying, it is true. God answers prayers, but there are those He doesn't. And one of them are, is, is emergency prayer or panic prayer. Firstly, because it is not coming from your heart, so it is not really an honest prayer. Not you. You're not praying yourself because you're believing in that prayer. So what makes you think God has answered? There are various prayers you can pray. A prayer of faith. You can pray an intercessory prayer. You can pray a prayer of agreement. You can pray prophetic prayer. You can pray thanksgiving prayers or thanksgiving prayers. Love thanksgiving prayer. It's the best prayer you can ever pray. Prayer of thanksgiving. First Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18 reads as follows. It says, Rejoice always. Oh, ah, I so much enjoy. I, I, I was enjoying myself when I, I, was, I was literally on holiday. You know, I was sick. But I was on a holiday. And in fact, I was actually watching a lot of movies as well. Why a lot of movies? Only, only the good ones, no. No horror stuff, otherwise you, you know, you'd be more depressed. But, I just used to say, he, say, he says rejoice always. Whether you feel good or not, whether you're sick or you're not sick, rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. Spend time giving thanks. Or when you're broke, you're now crying to God. Give thanks that you're broke. And that is when there'll be a real change of your brokenness. Give thanks in all circumstances. When you're in pain, give thanks to God. When you are sick, you can't even stand. And there were days I couldn't stand there. Oh, but uh, I'll, I'll suddenly have so much strength. Because why? I was giving thanks to God. And then he says in the last part, For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Ah, Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Well, number 10, very important as well. Partake of the communion as often as you could. You know, we do it once every Sunday. Make sure you're doing it every time you finish with the service because it is important for you. Understand and focus on the cross. Keep your gaze on him. Don't, don't look at the bread. Like you're just holding a bread. You know, for somebody else, it's just, just a piece of bread. But this is the body of Christ, which is broken for you. When you're hearing, when you're hearing that, you know, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did, as in sick, as in our God and afflicted. He was wounded. We were wounded for transgressions. See those wounds when you... Look at that bread. See those wounds and feel that pain and, and, and see the blood and, and the sufferings that he went through. 
He was bruised for our iniquities, every stripe. That look at it and be seeing what he did for you at the cross. That's where the focus must be. And the blood that was shed for you. That is what it is. And that is what will, what will help you. So, when we pray and partake of the communion, we are receiving his love for us. And in the process, receiving his healing power into our physical bodies. Talk to God today about your health challenges. And he will touch you in a very special way. No matter the medical reports, keep filing your heart or filling your heart with the word of God. Keep listening to the messages about the Lord's finished work at it and partaking of the communion and keep remembering our Lord and his love for you. Each time fear threatens to consume you, run into his arms of love afresh and allow his love to cast out that fear. Keep fighting the good fight of faith, knowing in your heart that God loves you and wants you well. If it's done for me today, he can always do it for you, for anybody else. Things that are impossible with men, they are possible with God. Things that are impossible with men are possible with God. It is very important for you to understand such. And it is my prayer that you will not live in fear from this day henceforth. Fear is vanquished from your land. The word of God in you is prevailing. God is rising up tall in you. Your enemy may come one way. The Bible says he will flee in seven different directions. Those who war against you says it will be as though they never existed. Allow him to take charge of your life. Allow him to be in control of your situation. Trust in his unfailing love. Jesus loves you. God loves you. I love you dearly from the bottom of my heart. May God continue to bless you and use you mightily. He has empowered you for greater works and will continue doing great and extraordinary things in your life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, and God bless you mightily. We love you dearly. Have a glorious week meditating on the Word of God. Meditate on it long enough until you become what it is. Thank you. God bless you.